Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Myths and Stories, uh, a Destiny 2 lore podcast. Uh, We are continuing and uh, concluding our uh, studies on the Nine. Uh, This will be part three of what is appearing to be a trilogy uh, discussing the Nine. Uh, Last episode, we had talked about uh, the transition of the guardian Orin into the emissary of the nine, uh, her and the nine's interactions with the drifter and the importance there. And then we left it off with a, uh, the beginning of another lore book talking about a inquisitive cryptarch by the name of Lavinia, uh, who had some questions for Zur and, uh, didn't really get answers. <laughs> I mean, at least she didn't break him. This like is the last true. interaction he had. Yep, he didn't end up with more broken bones. Uh, that's. I mean, that's a positive. I yeah, guess. <laughs> I mean, I, for sure, he's walking away pretty pretty good there. Um, that's true. But so yeah, we we left off with this Lavinia Cryptarch uh, investigating the Nine via their agent Zer, and we are going to continue with her. Uh, as we go through her investigation tonight and kind of learn alongside her, confirm as well some things that we had talked about in our very first episode as to the natures of the nine. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have a good time as we get to the, the end of our trilogy here. Yay! Best, best trilogies are always in threes, right? <laughs> Historically, yes, that that is accurate. <laughs> that was that was the <laughs> longest pause in the history of pauses. He did. Myth does not appreciate my dad joke, so I will <laughs> I will refrain for now. Oh, uh, yeah, no, I I I absolutely love that we've been covering the nine. Like it's I I I've actually learned more about Orin, the Guardian, and uh, Nasa, the the pre guardian person uh like i i i I knew she was an awoken i knew she had been but like you don't it's funny like you don't think of 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 things like that like the awoken have such a such a large history and you don't think of just like oh joe blow awoken over there had to go through all of that they were on the 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 extra screen they went through the distributary they lived through the theodicy wars they, they i mean like an awoken today an awoken guardian today has lived through so much and has had so much happen to them and they only remember the last like seven years like that's just that's just crazy to think of and now but i mean obviously now like uh uh you have you have awoken like crow or or the emissary now um who have had all those memories given back to them and now they've got now they've get, gotten to see the lives they've lived like that's i think that's a pretty powerful thing yeah no so, yeah. absolutely i i think so too and now we have little cryptarch uh lavinia to to question everything yeah Crypt, cryptarchs are such an odd bunch i i want to love them all um, I do love Master Ives because he straight up calls out any cryptarch that's just dumb and is like, <laughs> yeah. I don't like like he he how many times has Ives called out uh, uh, Rahul and just been like, f off, go d- get get out of just go away, yeah. go, I don't care where you go, just go away. 
But I think I think I think Rahul kind of deserves it from his shenanigans of D one, where like you'd give him a you'd give him a purple and he's like, here's a blue, <laughs> and you're like, but what? Yeah, I'd say as far as Cryptarchs go, Ives is pretty uh well, and Ives is is very loyal to the reef or was. We're not sure what's become of him since then. Um Was he was he the one who we were thinking of that was on the reef? I'm fairly certain was he, he the, is the one on the reef, yeah. Was was he the one that the, the voice actors of Balthier from Final Fantasy twelve? That I do not that know. That we couldn't that we couldn't remember the the name of the guy that was on the reef. <laughs> That's that's pretty bad if we like the guy so much and we can't even remember the, his poor, the poor guy's name. <laughs> yeah. All of this aside, uh, say we are discussing the Cryptarch Lavinia, and okay, uh, she is kind of a Cryptarch in training. From from my understanding, she's not a full fledged Cryptarch. She's kind of like an apprentice. So is this is this like her task? Like like each apprentice cryptarch is given a task. Like, hey, discover this, and she's chosen the nine. Uh, it doesn't sound like it. As as we'll see as we go through the entries here, I think her investigation of the nine is a personal curiosity, and okay. actually not one that is sanctioned by the cryptarchy. Uh, oh no. Yeah. So actually, that gets us really well into the first lore reading for tonight. Uh, we are reading from the lore book titled Dust. And this is uh, the chapter titled The Stacks. And we're going to see what kind of trouble Lavinia gets up to. And it goes like this The archives are silent. The staff have gone home for dawning festivities, and only the diligent city frames move through the stacks now, eradicating disorder, serenaded in soft susurrus by the wind of turbulence cleaners sweeping off the quartz storage plates in their cases of relic iron. Lavinia imagines that the frames are possessed by ghosts of nameless librarians from Neneva, ancient Mesopotamian souls ready to pluck an intruder's eyes. Are there any librarian guardians? Can't guardians turn invisible sometimes? Maybe one's right behind her now, and its ghost is covered in the eyes of the library intruders. This spooks her so badly that she nearly falls off the catwalk. She bites her tongue instead, rearranges her aching legs and keys in another search. She's already sifted through hours of tower audio records to extract keywords from Zur's babble. Now she just needs to follow that spore back to the beast. She enters into a computer terminal. Remote archive database text only search initialized. Welcome user null string. Please enter search query. She enters nine dust planetary alignment. Results. It lists the following results for her. Shimizu et al. Significant anomalies in dark matter detections cannot be explained by interactions of gravitational focusing bodies. Journey of Post Collapse Cosmology Recovery, Volume 99. Gonzalez, I'm not going to read all these. There's like, these are. These are academic journal entries, essentially, from other cryptarchs that have done research that this computer terminal is bringing up as results for a search query on the nine 
dust and planetary alignment. Uh, so she gets through to the the end of this this list of five or five or six different uh, discussions on dark matter and uh, its effect on the universe around it. Is it causing exos to reset? Uh, you know, is it causing issues with different telemetry data and such? And she gets to the end and the computer asks her more results. And she thinks to herself, strange, very strange, full of references to the dark matter wind blowing through the solar system, a fact of galactic weather, which every schoolchild learns and then never thinks about again. And then something brushes across her scalp. Lavinia jerks up from the screen, one bit lip away from a scream. A sensor might, barely a glitter in the dark, tumbles past on the air currents. It will come after her body heat, and if it identifies her, then her master will have her writing ethnographic studies of deep sewer graffiti. Hastily, she keys in her next search string. Come on, lucky Lavinia, she whispers, though she hates the name. Nine, Red Legion, Gaul attack on city, undetected, unforeseen, no warning. Results. Consensus Committee on the Invasion and Occupation of the City. Final Report. Annex to the Final Report. Failures of the City and City Allies Warning and Intelligence Systems. Unpublished. Redacted. Annex to the Final Report. A Culture of Permissive Espionage. The Openness of the Tower to Faction Agents and Unknown Vendor Entities. Unpublished. Redacted Document. Unexplained CDM self-interaction immediately before Red Legion invasion of the city. Coincidence or purposeful interference? Rejected manuscript. More results? She enters. Why rejected unexplained CDM self-interaction? Rejection letter. Reviewers concur that the paper does not provide a mechanism by which cold, dark matter could interact with city censors. Military experts attribute the the Red Legion's stealthy approach to electronic deception by Scion operatives. More results? Lavinia freezes. Something with tiny, tiny legs is scurrying around the rim of her ear. She tries to get her hand up very slowly, but it's too late, and the little sensor mite is crawling inside. It buzzes, and the buzz turns into a tiny voice. Miss Garcia Umar Tawal, Master Rahul says. Could we have a word about your choices, please? And that's the end of that lore card. That's that's just freaky. (laughs) That's making my ears twitch, my eyes twitch. That's freaky. At least now we know how they keep people out of there. Like... If someone's just snooping around, like you don't even know that you're being recorded or or earwig. <laughs> well, bah. and there there's some really interesting things about that. So this tells us a Lavinia is not a guardian. She is mortal. She is I I, I think human. I don't know if they've specified. Um, yeah, but definitely not a guardian. And it, it's interesting to get a viewpoint. Uh, from somebody that is in the cryptarchy, so knows 
you know, at least stories or real world accounts of guardian feats. Uh, and knows yeah. like, Oh, guardians can go invisible. Is there one right behind me? Like, like she's psyching herself like out with, her enough. Yeah. with a ghost story about a guardian just because they have yeah. the ability to go invisible, which is, is, is just really interesting to me. I guess, I guess that's an issue that, that is an interesting thought, right? Like, What's it like being a mortal living around all these paracausal beings right. with with all these fantastic, fan, I mean, just crazy abilities? I mean, like, do they just have, like, arc warlocks running around turning light switches on with their fingers? Like, pew, <laughs> pew, pew, and all these lights light up? Like, I mean, the invisibles, right? Like, yeah. now everyone can go invisible. Even warlocks can go invisible now, like... Yeah, no, that's uh, that's that's an interesting. No longer thought, is but... is the boogeyman the monster under the bed. It's the invis hunter in the corner. You god dang right. <laughs> um, no, I, there, there's there's a few things in here that that I that I really latch onto and really like. First, I really like the the idea that uh, um, the the cryptarch library is almost like the old Mesopotamian like. Uh, I I think of it as like the the. The library at at Alexander at Alexandria Alexandria Alexander. Yeah. Alexandria um, with like all the ancient scrolls right like that 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 thing has been lost to time but then this is like a new version of it I really like that idea I I really like that one yeah and um, uh, and say for for anyone that has never had a reason to to think to do this you know is is outside of academia um, or is not actively writing a research paper. Uh, what the, the kind of results she's pulling up from this. And I, I, I also think it's worth noting um, when the system says, welcome user null string, that is indicating she has, she has, you know, hacked the system to yeah. not register who is logged in. Um, I was, I was going to say something <laughs> about that. I'm glad like you, you as an IT person and me as an IT person, we both saw that and recognized, Oh, she's cheating the system yeah. to try to get in here and not get recognized. You cheater, cheater. So this is definitely an unsanctioned search. Oh, absolutely. Or, not just unsanctioned. Like she doesn't want anyone to know about it. Right. And the, um, the, the results that she's getting where it's like, uh, you know, Shimizu et al. Uh, et al. Um, that means like Shimizu is the main author, but there were additional authors uh, that were supporting of that document. And then it gives the title of the like document co- and where it like was published. Co-collaborators. Yeah, co-collaborators. Um, you can see exactly this kind of printout uh, if you were ever so inclined by going to like Google Scholar and just doing a search there. Yep. Same Same thing. She is looking at research papers written by other people about you know she's trying to find about the nine and about dark matter what she stumbles into are unpublished papers and redacted information which presumably she should not have access to right well and i i was looking through like the people here there's there's what one two three four five names that are listed um one of them over and over shimizu uh do we know who that is i don't know if you see i told you i'd find something to get you to google in the middle (laughs) of recording um so we don't have any reference of her outside of 
Yeah, the she only shows up in one other area, and that is um, the stolen intelligence lore book. Um, okay, and she she does not show up directly. Uh, she is her one of. I keep saying she, I'm assuming just based on the name, but uh, their sure. uh, work is being talked about between, uh, I believe it's Ikora and some of the hidden because uh, Shimizu okay. theorized some things on Oryx, but uh, apparently a very prevalent cryptarch. So there's that one. There's uh, uh, Gonzalez, um, Harry 4, which Harry, that's obviously that's a, an XO. Um, mm-hmm. Harry Five, <laughs> so an exo that's <laughs> been reset. <laughs> um, uh, and Mo- I'm gonna butcher this. Mwangi, Mwangi. Your guess is um, as good as mine. <laughs> it's I'm I I'm so sorry to anyone who knows how to pronounce that correctly, and is just screaming at me right now. Uh, so those four, and then Lakshmi too. Yeah. Like, what is she doing researching the nine and like? Oh, I'm so. I I don't want to say I'm glad Lakshmi's dead, but I'm glad that she is no longer doing the stuff that she was doing. Uh, I agree with that. So yeah. So there's all these all these different uh, research papers, and then like she she adds more to her search, right? Like she adds in, and and. I'm trying to follow her logic here. Like her up, her first search is nine dust planetary alignment. You know every variation of nine Roman numeral yeah. num- spelled out, all that stuff. And then she does it again, but then she includes red legion gall attack and undetected. And why is there no warning? You know what's the deal with that? And that's what pulls up all these redacted papers. Um, or, or sorry, it pulls up the one free document, the the consensus committee on the invasion and occupation of the city, um, and then all these and all these extra um, reports added to it. Um, so I mean, is she, I'm I'm assuming she's assuming that's a that's a weird thought <laughs> that the reason why Gaul's attack was undetected on the city was because of the nine. That seems she's trying to, to figure be out the what case, a, or she's got something yeah. that's got her on that that track. I. Uh, she definitely pulled her original search terms from Zer because Zer talked about yep. his movements are based on planetary alignments and that, you know, he confirmed yep. essentially that the, the dust is something related to the nine. Um, so that's where her first search terms came from. Uh, and then, you know, she says it's, it's weird. Like I'm seeing all these references to dark matter in the solar system with these search terms, which everyone knows about. Uh, right. And then like just forgets about because it's, it's an unimportant weather detail essentially. Uh, yeah. It's like, Oh, it was windy today. Yeah. No shit. It was windy. It's windy every day. Right. Like nobody cares unless if it's like super windy, then you care about it. Dark matters the same way. Dark matters everywhere. Nobody cares about it until it creates a black hole. And then we're all effed. Yeah, so I I'm wondering if some of the titles of her first search are informing the second a little bit because we get like the very first title is uh, anomalies in dark matter detections cannot be explained by gravitational bodies. It can't be explained just by planetational uh movement, planetary movement. 
um, right. anomalies in dark matter detection as a function of topological um, complexities in orbital dynamics, um, massive anomalies in heavy, dark matter detection. These are some heavy physics stuff, yeah, though. Yeah. Like, this is like... And I, I think part of it's like <clears throat> they're not expecting the reader to be able to follow along with what is being presented in the titles. Oh, sure, but sure. But there, there's an understanding that Lavinia, at least, is putting some pieces together based on, hmm, everyone studied this dark matter anomalies, and they all were studying them around this time. You know, they're, they're all seeing these anomalies around this time period, um, because all of these reports are coming out like boom, 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 one after another. Uh, yep. And maybe that time period then coincides with the Red Legion or, you know, I, I think there's a jump in logic that only the character with the character's knowledge can make to oh, sure, sure, then sure. link that to, let me see if this relates to Gaul. Kind of kind of like how every once in a while, like you or I will see something in text and go, wait a second, doesn't that da-da-da-da-da link to yeah. da-da-da-da-da? And then we're like, oh, shit, it does. And then... That's where we start fighting. So I, yeah, no, I'm following there. Um, so then that leads her onto the 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 committee on the occupation, and so then she keeps going that, and then she finds that one um, reject rejected manuscript from Shimizu, mm-hmm. um, and and that's the one where it says uh, military experts attribute to the Red Legion's stealthy approach to electronic deception by Scion by Scion operatives, which would kind of make sense. Um, like the scions are extremely technologically advanced. Like I, I, we, they, during the season of the scion, uh, which was what two, two season of risen. Yeah. Uh, where we did the psyops and stuff and we dove into other minds, like all of that's just technology based. We're not actually in somebody's mind. Like it's, it's, it's like the matrix, right? Like, it's just a digital representation of what is being presented there. Or at well, least I assume that is. Hopefully we're it's, not diving into people's it's minds. It's kind of up in the air because the Scions use psionic energy. They use psychic energy. Um, I think oh, it's shit. assumed that that is a literal linking of psyches between beings with the Scions as the conduit. Well, shit. I always thought they were just using that as like fancy talk, like like they they're just using a cool word to be like, yeah, we're da da da, just to make them sound like we're prestigious with our psychic da da. No, I think well, it's shit. I think it's literally okay. psychic energy, and I mean that that tracks because Strand has been and and oh. uh, and the the I keep wanting to say dark vision, but it's not dark vision. Um, the the witch queen. Um, abilities, uh, deep sight. Oh, deep sight. There we go. Yeah. Uh, the both of those have been attributed as psychic powers. But yeah, no, she. Uh, so she finds this rejection letter, and and so that's where they're trying to figure out like what the like even in this rejection letter they're trying to figure out like why why were the why was everything detected? Which then of course she gets she gets spotted. She gets she gets checked by the ultimate. <laughs> God, I hate Rahul so much. I. I know he is canonically a dick, and I just I hate him. I really do. Yeah. And so he's just like, "Hey, what you doing? I don't think you're supposed to be doing that. Could you like come talk to us so we can reprimand you?" I think he is definitely a little more forceful than 
than that. He's not yeah. Surfer Dude Rahul. But, uh... Oh, no, no, no. The, the guy from uh, Office Space, the boss, right? Hey, oh, I'm going to come you. in on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's Rahul okay. now. Okay. But no, to, to add some context here, because there may be some listeners that, that don't know if they never played um, Year One D2... Uh, the event that that all of this is is focusing on that that this search is focusing on, um, at the very beginning of Destiny Two, the the tower was attacked, and the way it was attacked was uh you know this this really actually really wonderful cutscene again look it up it's on YouTube somewhere I'm sure, uh of you know Cade and Ikora and Zavala in the the original tower kind of in the war room. Um, you know, discussing like, you know, hey, just you know, make sure all our sensor systems are going on. What are the reports we're getting from our satellites? What are the reports we're getting? You know, just doing general, like, we want to know everything that's going on because that's our job. Uh, and it's discovered that they're not getting a feed from their satellites, period. Not that the satellites haven't detected anything, they're just gone. And, uh, they're like, what does that mean? And then through the clouds, you see these huge Red Legion ships emerge and they just bombard the tower with missiles and take everyone completely by surprise. And uh, that, you know, that, that element of surprise is a big part of what allows the Cabal to be successful in taking the city. Um, and that is the event that's being discussed here is like, why, why was there not notice beforehand? Like how did the cabal perfectly navigate through all of the sensor arrays to, to be able to surprise attack the tower? And, and her logic for whatever reason thinks that it's linked to dark matter and the nine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but before she can go too far, with that line of thinking, she gets the little ear mite in literally in her ear. Uh, it's just, it's so freaky. I can't <laughs> even like. Yeah. And uh, good old Rahul telling her like, get, get your ass out of there. We're going to have a yep. talk. Okay. Uh, well, where does that lead us? So that leads us to the next chapter of the dust lore book, um, which is called the bone. And uh, that one goes like this. They're waiting for Lavinia in the courtyard of the ruined tower, although they do not strike until she holds the guilty object in her hand. A titan in New Monarchy Red pins her to the ground. A hunter with a gun barrel as wide as the moon cuffs her and calls her a looter. Rahul has a watch on this one, the titan remarks, consulting her black-tipped ghost says it's for her own protection. The hunter hisses and flinch back. She's got a bone. Get off of her, enough! This new voice is strange to Lavinia, but the power in it can only be Ikora Ray. You will never touch a mortal human in anger again. That is not our purpose. Thunder booms. Something detonates nearby, and Lavinia's ears pop. She gets the sense that, voluntary or otherwise, the two new monarchy guardians have vanished. Lavinia tries to stand up, but vertigo and the cuffs pitch her sideways, and she lands hard on her hip 
Master Ray, she gasps. I'm sorry, I should have filed a Lavinia. Ikora's coiled fury has a tooth of fear in it. Open your left hand. There's a bone in her hand. A long chunk of jaw with one huge white protruding tooth. It's warm and comforting and solid. She clutches it protectively. The key, the egg tooth that will crack open the mystery of the nine and put her back in her master's good graces and save her from the probation Rahul dropped on her when he hauled her out of the archives. With an effort of will that makes her shout out loud, she opens her fist and drops the Ahamkara bone. Ikora Ray makes it fly away. You weren't after that bone. It was after you. Did you make a wish, Lavinia? Did you ask to know about the Nine? She tries to explain that she didn't, that she only wanted to track the bone back to its source, Venus, hopefully, and to learn why the Nine needed the Ahamkara. Why do you think the Nine needed the Ahamkara? Ikora asks dangerously. To make wishes, Lavinia pants. Zur didn't appear in the tower until the end of the great Ahamkara hunt. Whatever they used to get from the Ahamkara... She leaves it unsaid. Maybe the Nine are now getting that from the Guardians. Ikora rubs her brow. I can't stop you, but if you keep looking, I can't protect you from the consequences either. Help me, Lavinia begs. There's something here, something that connects everything. The trials and the Ahamkara and the Guardians and the Nine. There are things the consensus knows about Gaul's attack, things they haven't told us. Ikora puts up a finger, and Lavinia shuts up. Choose. Are you going to go back to school and let me pretend you were never here? Or do I have to report you for the theft of an Ahamkara bone? Lavinia takes a deep breath. I'm sorry, she says. I have to keep going. I'll try my luck. The tribunal's verdict is unanimous. Lavinia Garcia Umar Tawal has trespassed against her oath to guard the common welfare of humanity, and she will never set foot in the city again. And that is the end of that lore card. Well, that escalated quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. So is she, so in the beginning here, when, uh, when the, the Titan and the Hunter, uh, jump her, is, is this a reactive jump or is this a preemptive ambush jump? Do we like, are they, are they, uh, yeah, are, are they, are they jumping her because they know that she's snatched this Ahamkara bone and they're like, you can't have that. What the hell? Or is it like a, ooh, we're going to wait for Lavinia and we're going to jump her and steal that shit and run away? So I don't think they're trying to steal it. Um, They mentioned that uh, Rahul has labeled her as someone to watch. Uh, And there's a little bit of a time jump here. So this 
She was discovered in the archives, apparently reprimanded and put on probation by Rahul. And her grand plan to undo that was, I'm going to steal an Ahamkara bone because I think they're related to the Nine and use it to, like, trace it back to its source. And that may tell me more about the Nine. And I'm going to be this person that comes to everyone with this huge revelation and they're going to forgive me for everything that they've accused me of and it will all be good again. Uh, That at least is her mindset. I'm trying to think... Well, and I'm trying to think of a single instance that an Ahamkara bone is in that has come out with a positive outcome. Yeah. And and my, my immediate response is none. <laughs> yeah. And uh and the the other thing here is like Lavinia is mortal. And yeah, this is this is me adding in a little bit of my own kind of headcanon, but I almost feel like mortal wishes might be more dangerous than a guardian's wish or an immortal's wish. I th- I think so. Just because I feel or, like the th- or a paracausal's wish, right? Right. Like- Just because I feel like the things that a mortal would wish for are going to be grander are going to be much more life altering potentially than someone that already lives forever yeah i mean somebody that lives forever doesn't like that really does truly man i never thought of it from that perspective that's a yeah that's a that's a good that's a good thought so i i think the the series of events here is that rahul placed her under watch because he knew she was a problem she, trying to prove herself and continue her research on the Nine, stole this bone, presumably without anyone knowing. Here's, here's the question that isn't asked. Where the hell did she steal an Ahamkara bone from? I mean, wherever they're keeping Savathun's body and or, you know, the Crown of Sorrow before it ended up in the helm. If you start a Guardian Illuminati... <laughs> Well, no, like clearly there's there's storage for dangerous artifacts somewhere in the yeah, tower. Because like a I mean, and you and I know this, an Aham Carbone presumably has this well not presumably, it does, has the same power as an Ahamkara. So mm-hmm. you can still, you can still wish, wish off of it. Which is super weird that Shax has one hanging over his head. Yeah, that's a whole nother that's a whole other thing. This, uh, th- if these things are so dangerous, why were they not all destroyed? And like, they're dangerous enough to want to like destroy them all during the Great Hunts, but then maybe hang on to some of them as like a just in case. But just in case for what? We already know that the results are bad from wishes. Like, this is this is such a weird thing for her to have been able to get her hands on. The only thing I can surmise is that they kept a few samples as means of study to try and understand how the ahamkara worked or how the bones work um all all for science right if if we really want to dig into it there's a bunch of guardians running around with ahamkara (laughs) bones strapped to their arms by a nature of various exotics literally literally like wire dudded on there right like yeah (laughs) 
just wired onto their arms like, oh, this will work. Yeah, this will give me infinite super. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. All right. So you win, you win this. You win this round, myth. Yeah. Well, and I, I wonder if it might also be that Ahamkara bones have a stronger control over a mortal, over a, a causal being. Um, cause like she, she like, str- she has to, she, she has to like shout out in order to force herself to release her grip on this. Yeah. And Icor even says like, you weren't after it. It was after you. Yeah. Like, so maybe, yeah. maybe it's influence is, you know, Ahamkara influence in general is just a lot stronger with a causal being than a, a paracausal one. I think I think you're right. And then of course, because of such, she's like, Well, I'm gonna stick to my guns. Well, sometimes sticking to your guns kinda gets you screwed. Well, I think she knew. And so she knew like if I so? if I continue this, you know, Ikora told her, like, either you're gonna go back to school and we're gonna forget this happened, or I'm gonna have to report you. And I, I have to assume she knew what the possible ramifications of that yeah. kind of report were. I think um, you're right. And she still, you know, she still made that choice. Uh, I also think it's interesting, and maybe this is nothing, but they very specifically call out that the the guardians that, like, arrest her uh, are new monarchy. And uh, it's, and also that, like, there, it makes sense, but there's this, this rule that if you are a guardian, you do not touch a mortal with any anything remotely violent. Otherwise, yeah. or- Ikora I- will vaporize you on the spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and I think I think that's. I mean, obviously, we saw the like, and we talked about this in in the Drifter series and and other series as well. Like the destructive power of the guardians that i mean they they nuked a whole town hell we talked about in this in this series they nuked an entire town just to get some cattle like just to get a few scraps of beef so like the guardians are obviously obviously super super powerful and i think that restriction is there for a reason like oh yeah you just you just don't that's just like I I feel like that's like the highest level of um what would you call that like that that's like the highest crime right like that's like the most the 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 worst crime that you could commit as a guardian would be to to lash out at a mortal uh and and in anger and whatever but to lash out at a mortal is is I feel like the cuz that's that's the whole like that's the whole premise of a guardian like Guard that's why humanity. we are called guardians. You are guarding humanity. You are literally there. That's you, you. That is essentially your sole purpose is to keep humanity guarded from everything else out there. And if you turn on that one, that one point of focus, and then turn on humanity, you now are no longer a guardian. Full stop. Like, right. It doesn't matter if you're paracols or not. You're no. You're no longer a guardian at that point. Now you're just a dude committing crimes. Yeah. So keep that in mind the next time you're in the tower and you're you're just bumping all the NPCs all over the place. They're just there <laughs> to do a job. And you're there to do a job too, and that's save them. Keep them safe. 
So I think it, it's interesting. Uh, we see that Lavinia has been doing a lot of research on the Nine, even before her little escapade into the archives. Uh, you know, she she approaches her and talks to him. She's tracked down enough information that she knows Zer didn't start showing up in the tower until the great Ahamkara hunts happened. So, like, she thinks there's a correlation. She thinks, like, okay, maybe the Nine started coming to us because they couldn't go to the Ahamkara anymore for whatever it was they got from them. And, you know, the question of, so then what are they getting from us by, by having yep. Zer here? Uh, and that, that's why she had the Ahamkara bone. That's why she was linking Ahamkara to the Nine was because of that that correlation. Okay. Uh, so she's kicked out of the tower. She's now kicked what? out of the tower. So now she's got to figure out where the heck she's going to go. And she's still continuing this, this investigation of, I want to know who the nine are and what their purpose, you know, what their intentions are. Uh, and so she, she's now out of the tower and uh, she finds herself in some interesting places. So the next chapter of the Dust Book is entitled The Kell. And it goes like this. The reef is punch drunk. Lavinia thinks that loss has driven the Awoken into a state of collectic traumatic mania. Endless revels light up the purple sky. People leap off of the world and drift away into the artificial atmosphere to be collected, protesting woozily by the skiff load. Lavinia is a wallflower here, forever on the edge of things. She gets pangs of homesickness every night and tells herself that the reef is the right place to begin her journey home. This meeting right now might be the first step. Much mourning. The fallen at her side murmurs. Master Ives murdered, Varric's missing. Spider hires away, my friends. Well, I stay to guard Master Ives' work. You come in. Make yourself into a home. I will bring nitrogen tea and records. Uh, thank you. Lavinia wants to laugh, or maybe cry, at the malapropism. If only she could make herself into a home, but it'll be all right in the end. She will find the Nine, bring the truth home, and earn forgiveness. The Fallen returns with tea and devices. Watch, record from Prison of Elders. Master Ives fascinated by it. She watches the recording. She sees Skolas. Fallen Kell of Fallen Kells, waiting to die by combat. His huge horned armor lags his motions, like a weary companion trying to mimic everything he does. A servitor pumps ether into him. Lavidia wonders what would happen if she took ether. Would she feel clearly and coldly determined? Would she turn into a huge Lavinia? Would she stop missing her home? Mara. Skolas's mouth was not made for that name. Mara, do you hear me? The Queen of the Reef sentenced him to the fate of all fallen. Lavinia's companion sighs. 
to strive and struggle and fail, but he was already lost. His mind broke at the citadel, where he saw into time. Skolas blows white vapor. Frost crackles on his mask. You gifted me to the Nine, and they sent me back. People think you are a fool, that you made an error releasing me, led your people to die on my blade, as I led my people to die on yours. Lavinia's translator murmurs along with the Kel's words. The Nine's agent never told me why he released me. Ah, apologies. This is Skolas still. The Nine's agents never told me why he released me. Now I know. You know also, I think. Both of you require the Guardians, and the Nine do not understand life and death. So they sent me back to you to make the Guardians come. They did not comprehend the harm. I do not comprehend them either. I traveled along the Jovians for years in their dominion, but I do not know the Nine. You, Mara Sov, you are the only one who bargains with them. You are the only one who has foreseen their role in the game. You keep your successes secret, so the world only knows your mistakes. No wonder I underestimated you. He hefts the scorch cannon his jailers have given him. Lavinia thinks of the tools his house once favored. Shuttle and loom. I saw the shape of the Nine on Venus, a place that was once precious to them, where wishes could transfigure their flesh. I saw that they are bound to this star and to these worlds. You are of a kind in that way, you and the Nine, not I. I will be glad to leave this world, Marasov. I am tired of being a pawn. Skolas lays his huge horned head back against the cell wall. Lavinia, watching, spills her tea in excitement. They want to help us, she whispers. They're from our planets. They want to help. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm so clumsy. She leans down to mop up the spilled tea. A flashbang grenade detonates in her face. The next thing she knows, an awoken officer is sentencing her, under martial law, to life in prison for espionage. Lavinia, fumbling for any sign of her good luck, is glad to see the fallen, at least, go free. And that's the end of that lore card. Well, shit, man! (laughs) (laughs) This poor crypt. This, damn! <laughs> oh, she's she just she just wants answers, and instead she gets a flashbang. Hey, you're spying, espionage, sentenced, yep. life in prison. Sucks to suck, don't it? <clears throat> I'm curious if how much of that was like orchestrated by, like, 
Ikora and all that. Like I I I feel like in my head canon, like Ikora, after having seen her get sentenced away, still kept an eye on her with her hidden. And now there's like boom, here's here's another like please stop looking for answers to the nine, Lavinia. I think this it just gets worse. I think this is a little more than a please stop. Like this this is a blatant stop. Like this is definitely like I mean how do you say please with a flashbang? I don't know that Ikora would orchestrate sentencing a mortal to life imprisonment in that's, the reef. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Okay. So uh so obviously, like, I mean, you and I know the story of Skolos. That that was probably one of my favorite times in D one, uh, the Prison of Elders. Uh the the Skolos was part of the uh, was it the first uh, DLC or the second DLC? I can I can never remember which one comes first: House of Wolves or Dark Below. I want to say House of Wolves was after Dark Below. I think. Either way, um, so so the whole House of Wolves was you're tracking down Skolos and and you track him through all this different stuff. One of the place, one of the, I think the final capture point is at the top of the Ishtar Collective in Venus, and so yes according to this recording here that is a recording of him while he is in prison because he's recaptured he's put in prison and then you could go battle him once a week and try to kill him once a week uh, in which case I, I presumably you do and he just gets revived i don't know how that works uh, because video game um yeah. so yeah uh um he Skolos knows that Mara has been to see the Nine, knows that the Nine has, has given Mara like Mara knows more about the, the plan, the you know, the the plan, I put that in quotations, um, more than anyone. Um, and then the I I like the idea that like the nine sent me back to you because the nine don't understand life and death. And the nine themselves wanted the Aham like and and we mentioned this before too. Ahamkara seemed to gravitate towards Venus for whatever reason. Like there's something about Venus that just draws Ahamkara there. And uh, um, and I know I've mentioned this before in the fly-in scene on the Vault of Glass, which the Vault of Glass is on Venus. It's it's a real quick split second, but you can see two flying things in the background that look like dragons, and so presumably that they're Ahamkaras there. But uh, um Skolos, I, I I I after having gone died, I guess, and seen the nine or whatever, they spit him back out and was like, here's a here's bait. We need guardians now. Let's see what guardians because because guardians are like the ultimate uh um research tool in terms of life and death, right? Like a a guardian could just die over and over and over again, and then you just interview him. Like, hey, how did that feel? <laughs> what what was that like? You died. You bled out. You starved to death. You whatever. How does how do you feel now that you're back alive? Like that's that's I, I feel like that's the ultimate research tool as far as life and death would be in an in, in immortal thing. That, there. That's literally what the Thanatonaut Guardian group is. Is a group of warlocks that oh, just God. kill themselves over and over to try and discover more about the actual like life and death from a spiritual metaphysical point of view oh my god well now i 
Now I'm scared to go on 10 streaks in the cruise. <laughs> um, but no, so to the, we, we get a lot of really good information here. Um, so to, we to really do go back a little bit, the, the way it worked with skull loss, uh, he was the leader of the house of wolves, which, um, Mara prevented the house of wolves from joining, uh, the battle of six fronts because the house of wolves went through the reef and she had the option of just let them go and get to earth and probably succeed in taking the city. Cause they were, I think the biggest house, uh, yep. or get into a war with them, reveal our position in the reef, but hopefully give humanity a fighting chance of surviving without this giant army, uh, coming as backup. Um, which, presumably i say presumably worked yes it, it, did. it did and then she she took them like she yeah so <laughs> she now has her own fallen she she did the whole um you know right of might essentially and yeah. by defeating the skolos the kel she asserted herself as the new kel for the surviving members of house of wolves and for reasons yet unknown uh when she defeated skolos what she chose to do with him was to give him as a gift to the nine. Now we, we don't know exactly, exactly why, like what she was getting out of that transaction or, you know, the process itself or what the nine did with him while they had him. But at some point the nine made the conscious decision to release Skolas and Skolas is saying they did so uh, because they wanted to use him as bait for to bring guardians yeah. in to, uh, into Venus. And we, we get a lot of really interesting info about the Nine from Skolas's point of view. Um, so A, not only that like Mara has had dealings with them and has had successes, he says, with them, um, whatever that may mean. But he also tells us what the nine, why the nine uh, were interested in the Ahamkara. Uh, uh, let me find the line here. Um, oh, the, the wishes yeah. could transfigure. I saw the shape of the flesh. nine on Venus, a place that was once precious to them, where wishes could transfigure their flesh. I saw that they are bound to this star and these worlds. So I take that to mean that we were correct at the end of uh, our last episode that that box of dust was literally the flesh of the nine brought into existence by the Ahamkara. Absolutely. It's, it's monkey paw magic. They say we want to be real. And so they make them real, but in the way that the Ahamkara wants to do it. Right. And And so to the nine on one hand, they're probably like, okay, we know that they're not going to do what we want them to do just off the bat. But the fact that they were able to take a piece of us and turn it into dust means they can do what we want them to do. If we can figure out how to make them do it, you know, they, they and have shown the, and that the power. one person that can bargain with an Ahamkara is Mara, which would, I, I would presume that would, that would, what would drive the, the, uh, bargaining that that Mara has between 
herself in the nine, right? Like that's the whole reason why they want to keep bargaining with her because she has figured out a way to, to interact with an Ahamkara and not have it do right. <laughs> fucky things. <laughs> so yeah, that's, I mean, that's cause, cause she's literally the only being that, that, that bargains with them that, that actively yeah. like makes can talk to them on, on equal so. terms, essentially. That's crazy. That's uh, crazy. And so it, it could have been a fact. It could have been a couple things. It could have been Ahamkara being assholes and fulfilling a wish in the way they, because if they never really fulfill <laughs> the wish, it's a constant, you know, food source for them. Yeah. They, the, the, the user comes back and makes another wish and then they sort of fulfill that. And then they get more right. and more specific and the more and more they do it, the more and more they feed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it could also just be a communication thing. Like the nine may not have a way to communicate oh, yeah. to the Ahamkara what they actually want done. So it, it could be a little bit of both. Um, but regardless, they, they saw the Ahamkara as a route to become corporeal, but the Ahamkara went away with the great Ahamkara hunts. And then the few that were left were killed by the nine because they were deemed too dangerous when Oryx invaded the system. Uh, and we saw that so in our first episode. That's exactly what we don't want is a hundred thousand taken Ahamkara right. run, roam in the solar system willy nilly. So these are, are some pretty big revelations for for Lavinia because this this is this is you know connecting some dots like okay Zer showed up because the nine want to have a, a, a ability to communicate and or study guardians because the Ahamkara are gone which is why he showed up at that time but they're also part of our world which means they have she's assuming the best interest of our solar system in mind because they're they're stuck with us too. Uh, yeah. And so she, she has this, like this revelation of they're, they're, they're here to help. They're, they're allies. They're, they're people or things that we could potentially, you know, work together with. And then she takes a flashbang to the face and is thrown in <laughs> awoken jail. It's so, it's so bad. It's, <laughs> I, I, I just feel for her in that one. Like, you're in the middle of this revelation and then flashbang and you're like, God <laughs> damn it. Like you've, I, I feel like in an instance like that, like first you're thrown off. And then when, when the realization sits in as the guards rush in and the, and, and take you and, and then you're just like, damn it. I was right freaking there. Like, just let me finish this record. Like, yeah, that's a bummer. So we see the next step of Lavinia's journey uh, in the very next chapter, which is entitled The Leviathan. And it goes like this. Lavinia is shocked to find she prefers the CIC of an awoken warship to the safety of a prison cell. She was terrified of Cabal during the occupation, and now she's going into battle against them. But she's not afraid. This is exciting, she whispers to the royal guard at her side, as the ship plummets stern first toward the Cabal Leviathan. Don't you think? The royal guard's jaw twitches. Either she is subvocalizing in code or chewing her tongue off because she insults Paladin Kamala 
before she insults Paladin Kamala Rior's honored guest. Three minutes to the closest approach, the flight dynamics officer calls. INCO, target emission status? The Leviathan is illuminating us with targeting sensors. No change. Paladin Rior pulls Lavinia out of her nook. Miss Umar Tawal, please come observe the instruments with me. Do you do this a lot? Lavinia wants to impress Paladin Rior, who sprung her from jail because, in her words, every brain in the reef is busy thinking about one problem, so I need your brain for another. Lavinia doesn't want to let her down. Step on the tiger's tail with these flybys? Shows of force, Kamala corrects her. We need Callus to believe that we are prepared to meet his ship with our own fleet, and if we can investigate other mysteries along the way, like your theory about the Nine, then all the better. Here, now, this is the device you requested. Please, observe. Kamala shows her a pane of black glass, illuminated by a faint purple fuzz that sweeps left to right. Lavinia touches it in awe. That's dark matter? Correct. Every schoolchild knows that most mass in the universe is dark matter, but it's nothing more than mass, and it never forms structures similar to structures smaller than a galactic halo. Dark matter has no charge. It passes through itself, neither gathers in clumps, has no chemistry. It is only ever dust. If you're right, Kamala draws in a breath. Any moment. Drive field error, the flight officer calls. Minor perturbation on the leading edge. We are encountering unexpected mass groups. No corresponding radar, radar or LIDAR contacts. The black screen of the dark matter detector explodes into a frenzied purple-white shape, like the webs of a spider locked in sensory deprivation for a million, billion years. Thick cords of shadow stuff that twine into the strangling arms which branch against into thousands of tiny fingers that pierce straight through the cabal leviathan. Oh my, Lavinia breathes. That's dark matter we're passing through? Correct. And this is unusual, this level of structure? Miss Toel, Kamala says, a single molecule of dark matter would be unusual. This is blasphemous excess. This is impossible. No, Lavinia thinks. This is the Nine. They're looking at Callus. They're reaching out. These are their hands. We should have thought to use this sensor earlier, Kamala muses. Our queen invented it to assist navigation when we were losing ships near Rhea. A Phaeton backscatter scan. Very clever. Everything she did seems to make sense eventually. She was so very far-sighted. No one else ever bargained with the Nine as an equal, did they? No one will ever know what good she did for them, our queen of secrets. I'd have to contact the city. Lavinia fumbles for some way to get a capture of the screen, a picture of the Nine. She doesn't have her tablet. I, I found them. 
Ah, uh, about that. Riora's armored hand falls on her shoulder. The Queen's Edict also forbids me from disclosing the Reef's knowledge of the Nine to individuals without regal clearance. So, thank you for your assistance, Miss Tawell. Take her back to her cell. If anyone ever calls Lucky calls her Lucky Lavinia again, she thinks she just might shoot them. And that's the end of that lore card. I would. I I wouldn't even skip a beat. Uh well this is neat. So obviously she she's still in jail, like she's yeah. still in trouble. Um but she gets to see the nine. I mean, and that's 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 a really we always we, we always talked about how like the nine and dark matter are linked, right? Like that's the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But then that idea of like they're massing together is like a hand like reaching out, trying to figure out what the Leviathan is, what a cabal is, what is the what is Callus doing here? What's what all's going on here? Like this is a really neat interaction here. I th- like I mean and and it's kind of a bummer she doesn't get to take a picture of it, right? Like, look, right, there they yeah. are. That's the nine. Like, that's a that's a super bummer. But, I mean, yeah, freaking queen. Like, <laughs> that's. But at least now we know, or we have at least a better understanding of the awoken, specifically Mara and the the paladins and the and the higher levels of uh, of echelons of people that are that are in her fold um maybe not necessarily communicate with the the nine but are able to see the nine happening like the the one line um the whole like one one molecule a single molecule of dark dark matter is unusual and this is just like blasphemous excess this is just straight impossibility like there's this should not be happening there's dark matter shouldn't like it just passes through itself it doesn't clump up it doesn't it doesn't do this and they're seeing it as this like clumpy thing looking through the leviathan touching it feeling it figuring out like what the hell like yeah this is this is super cool i i really like this idea of 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 just being able to watch the nine interact with something like that's and especially from like the cryptarch point of view, right? Like oh, yeah. just getting to observe the science of this of like, oh my god, this is happening. Like we get to see the nine mess around with something. That's super cool. Yeah, and th- this this is like proof positive for a lot of yep. uh a lot of her theories, a lot of Lavinia's theories. Okay, nine are you know some have some agency. I don't know if she's come to the conclusion they're made of yet, but they have control of dark matter. It informs them in some way. It it allows them to gather information in some way. And uh, that, you know, they're tied to the planets because presumably the way I'm picturing this in my mind is that uh, she has this little screen. um, And the way I'm seeing it in my head is similar to if you've ever seen like magnet paper where you take a piece of paper and you put it over... um, like a phone, like a, like the back of an iPod, or yeah, something, the, and you, you know, can see all the magnets that are exactly. In yeah, I, I see it as yeah. she, she's holding up like a, a giant one of those, you know, a high tech one of those, but instead of magnets, it's showing her where you know dark matter clusters, and when she's yeah. holding, you know, when she when she's just looking through the 
the cockpit, the the windscreen, it's just, you know, space and the Leviathan. But when she pulls this paper up, it's like this giant spider web that's invisible otherwise of dark matter that yeah. is reaching out and attaching itself to everything in the orbit of this planet that it sees as something it the the nine want to know about it the leviathan because the the leviathan was was um used to be um parked over nessus now hold the hell on here nessus can reach out but pluto can't well nessus is a centaur around saturn so it'd be saturn reaching out whatever stupid dwarf planet i'm whatever i'm not bitter now now i am bitter (laughs) anyway so so presumably whatever planet is that is that the the leviathan is near at this point in time that that agent of the or not that agent of the nine that member of the nine is reaching out and and looking at it and messing with it trying to figure it out although who's to say that they are bound to only their planet's orbit like maybe i mean dark matter I, is i feel everywhere. like they are they they might be this able to collectively you know use it because who knows how they the pass information system. right right like, like every time we see them talking they're all talking like at the same time finishing each other's sentences and all that stuff like it's it, it, yeah no you're right like there's no there's there's nothing to say that they have to be restricted to their own planet but i i feel like they are i i feel like their individual presences are maybe they're not restricted to the plants. I don't know. May, I don't, it, I, it could go either I way. I think they're certainly restricted uh, to some degree. Like they're at the very least to our solar system, to the, to the heliopause. Right. Um, but I think they might have agency within the heliopause. Uh, okay. Cause, cause even Skolas mentioned that, right? Like they, they are bound to these planets. Yeah, like they're yeah, bound yeah. to this sun and this star and, and its planets. Yeah. So, so yeah, so they're definitely bound to this solar system, just, you know, whatever within, within that solar system is where they can kind of interact with. Yeah, no, absolutely. Interesting. Uh, is dark matter. And this is just kind of a random, like theory I'm poking at here. Is dark matter affected by gravity? By gravity, uh, by grab, just the force of gravity. That is a good question. Let's find out. Aha! More googling for myth. Because I'm curious, because obviously everything in the soul system is affecting on each on on everything else in the soul system. Yeah. With gravity. So, um, so because dark matter has mass, it ah uh, yes, it is, and it mass does have is a property of gravity influence. Yep. meters per second squared is Earth's gravitational force. That's Earth's gravitational force. Yeah. Ha-ha! See, I remember some things. But yeah, uh, gravity is a product product of mass. Yeah, something has to have mass to have gravity. To have gravity. Everything that has mass has gravity. Absolutely. Um, So yeah, so I mean, I'm curious if like the gravitational pulls is what allows the 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 different members of the nine to be able to to kind of mess around with each other and interact with each other like it, i'm i'm just curious as to see like like what is what is there causing that interaction like how are they right you know it it it's it, it's easy to look at how like 
dogs interact or humans interact or birds interact, but like the nine or so that's, that'd be, that'd be cool to observe. I'd, I'd, I would love, I would have loved to have been just a fly on the wall in this cockpit, just watching this screen going, Oh my God, that's super freaking cool. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, we can, we can theorize to some degree if, if they're made up of dark matter, maybe the way they communicate is by literally sending particles of dark matter that carry those thoughts between each other. Uh, oh my God. like it, it, it's a really interesting concept to try and wrap your head around how a being that doesn't have a form, but has yeah. conscious thought would yeah. interact with like beings how does how does saturn talk to jupiter right and i mean that's just that's fucking may, that's maybe that's, it's essentially that's so cool it's such a like philosophical question right like yeah. that's just that's i love that that's got me kind of giddy right now okay well <laughs> lavinia's back in her cell now so Lavinia <laughs> does go back to her cell and she is not allowed to distribute any of these grand findings she has discovered to anybody. Uh, it, it's like the ultimate secret. Yeah. Like, like you get, you get access to it and then you can't tell anyone. The, the, and this is, sucks. this is post the taken war. So like Mara is gone. Um, as yep. far as the Awoken are concerned, they consider her dead. That's why the reef was in this state of like perpetual partying because they just didn't know what else to do with their grief. They really didn't. And and that's they even say in the one like the flybys, right? Like Yeah. The, there's there's presumably not a whole lot of awoken ships left. So they're doing these quick shows of force. Uh uh try and make it seem like they're you know, a bigger yeah, force. Kind of putting are. up a smoke screen, right? Like <laughs> Yeah. But so Lavinia is sent back to her cell, but she doesn't stay there. And uh we actually get to see some really interesting information come out of her next little adventure. So this one is uh, also in the Dust Book, chapter entitled The Gate. And I'm going to read through the first half of this, and then there's a, a part where Lavinia accesses a, a document, and in the lore card, they give you like a paragraph of that document. But we get the full document elsewhere. Uh, and so I, I'm going to like pause there and then go to the actual document and read through, uh, read through Double it in its entirety. Reading. Because it's really interesting. Awesome. We've been doing a lot in this series of like this, like in the middle of one chapter, it references something else. There's and a lot of stuff. We can go read that chapter yeah. and go back. No, there's a lot That's of stuff cool. that is like linking into each other, which is is really cool. Um, I love seeing that. So, uh, we're going to start again with the gate, and it goes like this. The scout missile detonates less than 100,000 kilometers away from Cacatus, a pinprick of antimatter annihilation that energizes thousands of bomb-pumped lasers to spike the void with light. One of those beams strikes the Corsair ship, pierces the stealth system, and reflects. They are discovered. Lavinia, the Corsair radios. I'm detected. I have to run. That wasn't the deal, Lavinia shouts, pacing in front of a humming portal. 
You break me out, you bring me here, and you carry my findings to the city. I need another ten minutes. No time. Royal Guard coming. Shouldn't have paid in advance. Bye-bye. The channel disintegrates into digital static as the Corsair's ship accelerates away. Lavinia swears and beats her suited fists against her helmet. She's trapped in Cocytus. And the last time the Awoken trapped anyone here, those poor souls went utterly insane. The doomed crew of the dead orbit scout ship Sophia called this place A113, an innocent catalog number. They had no idea that the gates aboard, once a golden age experiment, had been captured by the hive deity Crota, and those gates consumed them all. Now Crota is gone, and Lavinia has gambled everything that the portals have fallen into other hands. Ahamkara make the unreal real. Callus's ship is surrounded by a halo of unreal dark matter, like a ring of probing hands. Guardians can manipulate reality itself. There is a pattern here, a story, and it leads to Cocytus. To what these gates might do. Logs, she says. She pages frantically through the observations left by the Awoken sentries once stationed here. Cocytus was abandoned when the Red Legion attacked. All its defenses scavenged to reinforce Vesta. What came out of the gate? What did you see? She says, and she reads. We're in a pause. So the document she is reading can be found in the lore book called Stolen Intelligence. Uh, And there's a a chapter in there just titled Cocytus. And the word itself is also unique. So uh, Cocytus is uh, a Greek reference, again. Um, specifically, it is a river, one of the rivers to the underworld. Uh, similar to the River Styx, um, there was another river, which I'm blanking on the name of, that we talked about in our Glycon, uh, our Glycon series. Um, but the Cocytus is... Uh, the Greek river of wailing or the Greek river of suffering. Uh, And in some cases I found it is synonymous with rebirth as well. Um, Like this, this wailing or screaming is associated either with a soul departing unwillingly down the river or a soul being born as in like a screaming baby kind of thing. Uh, so an interesting kind of duality there, but keep, keep that in mind because the, the cockatus and cockatus gates are very, uh, very important. So this is the report that she gets or that she reads through and it goes like this access restricted subject intercepted transmission. Sensitive. Contents below sniffed from encrypted reef datacoms. Number one. We are maintaining our containment posture at Cocytus. I assess no immediate danger to the system, and we have enough firepower to destroy the station and its mechanisms remotely if the on-site warheads fail. The station remains in the stable, heliocentric orbit where it was parked after the destruction of Ceres. Number two. I do not ask confirmation of these theories, and in fact, I beg you do not address them. But I have reviewed the site records and the fate of the Sophia's crew after they were herded to Cocytus. It stinks of hive madness. 
the cockatus apertures must, at the time, have opened into a hive manifold associated with Crota. Whatever their original purpose, when Crota established his presence in the system, they became conduits into hell, and the Sophia's crew's ugly end prove it. Whoever drove the Sophia to its doom then installed the cockatus instruments around the original Golden Age facility to study Crota's manifold. Number 3. Crota is dead. His hold on these gates has passed. Now something else is trying to pass through into our world. But it is so alien, and its sending so baffling, malformed, that I fear this can only end in further madness. Number 4. The first visitors through the third gate at event time 0000 were simple hydrogen atoms. Over the course of 72 hours, the emissions developed from diatomic hydrogen to nitrogen, carbon, oxygen, water, and simple organic molecules. At the 80-hour mark, we received our first macroscopic visitor, a pellet of thick black hydrocarbon tar. Until 8234, the gate vomited tar containing increasingly complex monomers and polymers. Number 5. The visitors then began to assume geometric form. A hail of cubes and hexagons, each built from molecular crystal of the same form as the whole. A series of fractal shapes that shattered under internal flaws. Several capsules or membranes of increasingly complex, complex structure containing water or oil. These may have been cellular precursors. Number 6. At 524 hours, a living organism appeared. Death was immediate. Remote dissection describes a spherical body, radius approximately one meter, surfaced in thick hydrocarbon tar. Deep, evenly spaced throats converged on a central cavity, perhaps intended to serve as lung and stomach. The body exhibited undifferentiated tissue of primitive plant-like cells, capable of spasming to pump air or fluid in and out of the throats. Without enzymes to catalyze metabolism or internal structure to dispose of waste, the organism could not survive. Cell death occurred almost instantaneously throughout the mass. There was no provisions for self-repair or reproduction. Number 7. At 690 hours, the gate emitted a tubular organism. For 90 seconds, the organism moved across the gate chamber by contracting and expanding, and then expired. Remote dissection describes a two-meter-long body with a spinal cavity full of energy-rich carbohydrate fluid. The organism's contractions forced this fluid through a capillary network, where simple cells catabolized the, carbonated, the carbohydrates into energy to power further contractions. The buildup of heat and waste quickly denatured the enzymes required for metabolism, and the organism died. There were no provisions for self-repair or reproduction. Number 8. The gate has remained inactive since, barring short emissions of molecules which may be experimental proteins 
Remote drones have registered similar ambient molecules within the Hellmouth on Luna, though we have not though we have been unable to identify their source. We will maintain the quarantine until otherwise instructed. The overwhelming impression that I have is one of learning, of increasing sophistication in the synthesis and arrangement of matter. The atoms in these structures were isotropically pure and impossible to date, but I have the uncomfortable sense that even they were freshly made. Probes and instruments dispatched through the third gate do not return. Annihilation is apparently immediate, and so total that it seems to result from a fundamental failure of the ability to exist rather than any weapon or countermeasure. Yet something does exist on that far side, and it's trying to learn the rules of our world from the very first principles. I do not eagerly anticipate its next creation. And that is the end of the intercepted messages. Holy, holy shit. So we're going to pause before we finish freaking reading learning. the gate. Okay. So Sorry, I'm freaking out here. Yeah. It's, it's learning. It's, it's literally going through scientific method. Like it knows it needs a throat to talk, but then it doesn't realize that energy is a thing. It, like, yeah. Shit! This is like breaking my brain right now. <laughs> the, the nine are learning. It's got to be the like. Okay, all right. Who? Slow down, Nick. Yes. Slow down. Okay. So the nine are learning. They are actively learning here, and they're they. It's got to be the nine on the other side of this gate. Like wherever this gate has been connected to on the other side, it's got to be the realm of the nine. They talk. They talk about the the whatever they send through just stops existing like it's not that it's blown up it's not that it's dead it's it doesn't get taken or anything like that it literally just ceases to exist because it doesn't know how to exist what the physical properties of that device doesn't know how to exist on the other side so it just stops existing um but I mean, to see the sophistication level of like single cell, like not even single cells, single atoms, hydrogen, the easy, the simplest atom, single, single electron, single proton, single neutron, one, one, and one. Start with that. Evolves further across the board into into oxygen and carbon because we as humans are carbon-based life forms. Like that's that's just what we are. And but it only took them it took them 82 hours. Right, eight, yeah. Over the course of seventy-two hours, the emissions, like, literally at 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 the zero mark, boom, hydrogen. Then over the next seventy-two hours and up to the eighty-two hour mark, a thing appears. It took them another five hundred hours, uh, for a living thing to come out of this gate, and then another. 100 100 and almost 200 hours after that a more complex living thing essentially a worm came out of the gate like it it had the ability for energy consumption and usage and like the level of evolution that's happening there in less than 700 hours so what what is that a week yeah something like hours three days 
Uh, no, that's got to be more than a week. Got to be more than that. Uh... I don't know. Ma- the the, the <laughs> math is failing me right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, a little over one week is two hundred hours. Okay, so so one week is two hundred hours. This is at seven hundred hours. So this is two, three, uh, one, two, three, four. So almost almost three weeks, two and a half weeks. A a living thing, a worm comes out of this. Two and a half weeks to evolve from a single hydrogen atom to a living thing that lived for ninety seconds. Like, what the hell? First, first off, who's ever watching these these recordings of of this stuff coming through? This has got to be like the most horrific thing you're watching oh, yeah. ever happen. Like, this is like the thing of nightmares. Like, this is just. It, it's mind-blowing, this. And then it just shuts off. Like, that's it. It's been dormant ever since. So, presumably, the Nine got whatever information they needed from that week, two and a half weeks of experimentation to then go on to... Three and a half weeks. Three and a half weeks of experimentation to then figure out, okay, well, we'll either either A, we're failing too hard, or we've got the information we need to now try to put that information together and lavinia was lavinia came across this stuff so yeah La- like, lavinia is on cockatice where the cockatice gates the actual are. gate she's literally stuck at the gate she, she is literally okay. at the place where this report was being written uh, uh holy and shit the gates that this report is being written about are there in front of her you know on this you know on this planet uh now a couple of other things i think are worth pointing out so this is absolutely the nine learning how our reality works from that base yes. molecular level. And then yes. literally trying to like this, this isn't natural evolution. This is the nine are literally giving themselves a crash course in physics, in microbiology, everything. in everything, like, in just their science in general. They are trying like, to create beings they're trying to create living beings complex, on our complex reality living beings like that's that's mind-blowing not just like little single-celled organism these are complex beings they're trying to create out of thin air essentially the other and that that is important so the other thing that is really really crazy about this and they they reference this the molecules being used to develop these things or even the single molecules that came through, the single atoms of hydrogen and whatnot at the beginning, they couldn't date them because they were brand new. And for That's anyone that, that doesn't, you know, for, for those that may not know, there, there's a fundamental law of, of physics that like uh, atoms are, are not created or destroyed like the universe is made up of all the atoms we're ever going to have in the universe they can change they can be manipulated you know protons and and uh protons and neutrons can can change to to uh form different types of substances but what's here is what's here yep and and we only know that because we know that that atoms decay at a at a very defined rate and that's that's how we do like carbon dating is is the rate of decay 
amongst the atoms that are there. But the fact that they can't do that to these because they they are brand new molecules. Which means that the nine have enough power, question mark, to literally make new atoms in our what universe. The, what the fuck? What the fuck? Like, the little scientist in me is just like, oh my god, this is crazy! But yeah, no, this is, this is mind-blowing. This is genuinely mind-blowing to see the Nine just try to, like, create a thing. And, and I mean, the only purpose I can think of is so that they can, they can communicate, that they can exist in this realm of existence. Yeah. God, it's so mind blowing. So, and the other thing here that's that's worth pointing out is that you know they they said originally these gates the the gates themselves are a golden age tech. They were created by human by humanity during the golden age, um, but the gates were tapped into by Crota when he arrived here, uh, as a means of transport between like Crota's throne world and our world. Basically reaching across like ascendant plane yeah. and all that jazz. Yeah. The, the whole like stack of coins. It thing. very much seems their purpose is to transcend through different like dimensions or, or realities. So I'm assuming like a portal like we see at the beginning of uh um uh shoot. The raid. You have to be a little more specific than the raid. Sorry. <laughs> uh take a king raid. Um Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The the big why can't I remember the name of the King's Fall? Yeah. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Sorry, little scientist in me is just completely <laughs> taken over and just like, no, I've I've got control of the brain. You can't have it back. Um, but yeah, so I'm I'm assuming this is this this portal is similar to that like ascendant looking portal that we see there every time we go into the ascendant plane. That this is this is this is one of those types of portals, right? Well, I mean, it's man-made though. It wasn't created by the hive. The oh, hive just just, okay, got, okay, okay, just okay. saw it and were able to go. Oh, we can tap into that, and so just just straight up hijacked did. it. Just straight up null null. <laughs> yeah, but you know, with the death of Crota, that now that that gate was available for other things sure. to start messing with, and the nine did. Uh, and what is interesting, though, is they reference we have seen these same ambient molecules within the Hellmouth on Luna on the moon, uh, but we haven't been yep. able to identify their source. That seems to indicate to me that there is another gate in the Hellmouth that the nine also have access to and have been running experiments there as well. Oh, my God. Can you imagine if we go to the moon like and just all of a sudden this this thing this worm like I, I the only thing i think to call it is a worm because of its worm like movements just spits out of the hell mouth and you're just like what in the hell is that and then it just <laughs> dies and you're like what the hell was that like everyone and everyone just looking at it going what the hell was that i would hazard a guess that they're not making worms anymore uh, oh shit because you know they they are using a black tar-like substance to try and create living beings and and they reference those living beings are it's still encased in this black tar-like substance uh that seems to be full of carbohydrate or carbohydrates and, yep. and other chemicals all sorts of rich energy giving stuff yeah well not energy transferring 
And uh, who do we know that is related to the nine that is a black tar-like entity that has no origins as far as we know? Oh, my God. It's our, our good old broken back Zer. Oh, my God. So uh, They don't need to do experiments. Oh, my they God. Made, they, they succeeded. They made a being that can survive on our side. And that that is their very Holy... first emissary. Shit, I I don't I don't know what to do with that information now. They literally created him out of thin. Get the fuck out of here! Now, there's nothing that indicates that directly, but I think it's a pretty good bet that that's what happened. Uh, I mean, he's it's why he doesn't have a face. Well, and that that's another that explains thing. so much about him. So his face is just a bunch of squiggling tentacles that are constantly moving. The nine have shown that they they try and imitate, but they do not have a a good understanding of what you know the the makeup of a person is or, or of an entity in our reality is. So to them, they they their observations may just be, uh, you know, to us what are, uh, you know, facial movements to express different emotions and you know talking and and all of that to the nine that may just translate as into like okay the piece of the body that is at the top moves so let's just make it move all the time <laughs> let's, let's just make and it that move. translated into <laughs> tentacles i i like that i like that train of thought logic right like I don't know what the fuck that does, but it moves a bunch. So why don't we just make something that moves a bunch? And and that's true for oh every God. being we've observed in this reality. So clearly that's something important to being on that side of the yeah. gate. So we need that. So let's oh, make that. Oh, because they're trying to, that's what it is. Because like with all the experiments, they're trying to figure out like what is important. Like what is, yeah. what is the primary things that need to exist for that being to exist? Oh my God. That's a, that's kind of a, that's, I mean. How else would an otherworldly thing like look at our species and perceive? Jesus, man, this is. <laughs> so, with my, that, my brain. With that information in mind, we're going to return to the lore card, The Gate, and we're going to finish it off. Uh, so, we, we stopped where she had started reading the logs. Which, which real quick, before we, before we jump back into it, it mentions. And <laughs> And this this may just be me reading too much into this. It mentions the Doom crew of the Dead Orbit Scout ship Sophia called this place A113. A113 is the big thing in every single Pixar movie because that was the room that everyone stayed at at the at the campus where they studied to make um, to make animations. And so in my head, this is just like another another long lost pixar creator <laughs> that named this gate cuz if you go look at every pixar movie every single pixar movie has a113 somewhere references in it. it somewhere it's, yeah it's it's all it's all and it's all just a, a tribute to the main room that they all learned how to do uh, animation in like when they were all in college yeah not impossible um i don't know if that's the case that's that's my curiosity, right? Like, is this lore card? Did did whoever write this lore card study there? And now they're working at Bungie, and this is what they get to do. Like, hey, come know. on, the, you you, Mister A one one three, I see you. <laughs> okay, so back to Lavinia, discovering these logs. Yeah, so Lavinia has discovered these logs, and now we're gonna pick back up on the gate lore card uh, after she has finished reading them. 
So it goes. Lavinia reads through the logs again, horrified and fascinated. Something on the far side of the gate is learning to assemble atoms, molecules, even haphazard life. Something from a world of darkness and dust, probing its way into our structured existence. Trying to cobble together a message, an emissary, a body. The nine are on the far side of this gate. She's sure of it. She's found them. But to meet the nine directly, would that be madness? Would there be any return? Would she ever see the city again? She's come so far for her truth. An alarm sounds in her helmet. Incoming transmat. The suit warns her. Incoming transmat. Her radio barks at her, stern as Ikora Ray. Cryptarch Lavinia Garcia Umar Tawil. It's Paladin Rior. You stand in violation of the Queen's law. Surrender yourself and you will be treated fairly. Lavinia stares into the yawning gate. Beyond it lies a realm of utter darkness and disillusion. A place where nothing exists except the most alien forms. To go there would be suicide. She would die like the poor Tarbull creature. But what lies behind her? Failure? Surrender? Shame? A life in a cell. Lucky Lavinia, she says. And she leaps through. And that's the end of that what? lore card. What? What? She... What? <laughs> I mean, I get it. Like, what? Okay. Keep going. Yep. So she has leapt through I'm, the gate. I'm, I'm broken now. This is this is me broken. You broke my brain with the thing, and now you've broken my soul and my spirit. Lavinia, no! <laughs> uh, so... The next lore card we're going to read is just entitled The Nine, uh, also from the book Dust, and it goes like this. I am, I am, I am, I am, I am, I am. At first, this is all the loop of dust can calculate. It is the hardest thing in the universe for the dust to make a loop at all because like a gust of wind or a river, it was only meant to move one way. For a mind to function, the end of one thought must alter the beginning of the next. So, like rivers, like wind, the nine could not have minds until they came to make loops. Lavinia Garcia Umar Tawil comprehends the nine. They were already ancient when the first human beings named themselves. Their flesh was older than stars, the dark dust wind that blows through the galaxy, pinched by the gravity of Sol and its planets, drawn into their cores and exhaled again. These were the nine. In time loops did form. Great art great arcs of outbound dust collapsed back to their sources to create a circuit of shadow, 
the thickening and thinning of these circuits were the first thoughts of the nine. They dwelt in massive indifference, unborn primordial gods. There was no force among them except gravity, no structure except the distribution of mass. Their hearts were in the cores of worlds, but their farthest streams faded out into the turn of the galaxy. They were the fountains of Eclius, the night before chaos. But life arose on the worlds at the heart of the Nine. Tiny, complicated motions of ecosystems and metabolisms and computations. That life left mass shadows in the wind of the Nine, plucking at them like harp strings. From these trembles of structure, the Nine learned to seed enormous resonating waves, thoughts vaster than worlds. And so the Nine awoke, and in time they understood that they were as fragile as they were mighty, for if the life that seeded their thoughts ever passed away, they too would vanish. They had no eyes to catch light, had no ears to hear, and yet they turned their wills upon the alien world of matter and strove to learn, for they knew they had to protect their hearts or die. With a horror of revelation so absolute that it would drive her mad if she still had any sanity to lose, Lavinia understands where the Nine have always been. They are within everyone, every system, every living and moving thing, trillions and pentillions of slim, dark matter tentacles plunge through all of our bodies, drinking the complexity of our lives and thoughts. We are pinched silhouettes impaled on the twitching of infinity, of infinitely long spider legs. And that's the end of that lore card. I, I, oh. and I'm spent. <laughs> this, this, I, I love this. I love this, this journey that Lavinia has been on so far. And it just, it just culminates in this of just like, the the you know the nine are just of dust like the nine are older than than anything because i mean for like like we said for for all the matter in the all the matter that's in the universe is all the matter that will ever be in the universe and so dark matter being part of that for the dark matter to coalesce into something albeit all they had and, and like what we theorize all they had was gravity waves like that's it that's all they had was the gravitational pull of of the of the of the sun of the of the dust circling the sun as the soul system was being formed and then those formed into nine different uh well i guess eight because fuck you pluto i fuck it i'll give up on pluto then if if the if the nine gave up on pluto then i'll give up on pluto because that's the way it is um but for all of that to coalesce into these different beings and different consciousnesses, and then for for the nine to see, you know, this world of matter, this world of of space and existence to 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 form and have life in it, and to know that like to the that one line like to know that if the life here was ever snuffed out, that the nine too would be snuffed out. So like they're seeing the whole the the darkness saying well there's 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 a final like i'm i'm curious if the nine 
have any type of uh, I, and and maybe this is just me kind of speculating a little bit because um, we know that like the gardener and the winnower, the witness and the whatever, um, they they formed each universe and and each each universe they it all always came down to the final shape. And I'm curious if the nine were in or or some semblance of the nine or something similar to the nine was in every universe that was ever formed. Because uh, presumably everywhere that there's dark matter, like the the nine would exist. Um, but then that the nine know of this idea of the final shape, and they say, "Oh, well, now that we're a consciousness, now that we have existence, we don't want that existence to stop, just like any other being that 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 has existed. They don't want to stop existing, so." they 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 see this idea of of the darkness coming of the witness coming or or to to bring on the final shape and they don't want that to happen so now they they know that they've got to they've got to protect this place and what better way to help protect it than to be able to communicate or or talk to or or interact even just interact with all the living beings that are in this system and of course, the most prevalent one being the Guardians, which would explain why Zer is even here. The Nine are literally telling Zer, "Go help those things. Give them, give them guns. Give them armor. Give them whatever they need to help protect this existence, so we can keep existing as well." God, that's a God. This card is so good. Yeah, this card has some some abstract concepts that i want to try and uh offer a different way to look at it to hopefully uh make it a little easier to understand so it talks about the the nine the the birth of the nine was from this dark these dark matter particles being drawn in by the gravity of a planet of a, a planet's core and uh, those particles eventually reaching this pattern of stretching out and then coming in in this big loop that passes through and around a planet. But that, that's all it was. It was just a loop of dark matter. It didn't have sentience. It had the possibility for it, but it didn't have sentience at this point. It wasn't until organic life formed on the planet that this loop passed through that the movements of that life made ripples in the dark matter and those ripples are what gave the nine sentience so you can think of the beings that are on a planet as being kind of the brain synapses of the nine that is you know, resides as part of that planet. And that's, so if that's mind blowing, that's legitimately mind. I know. And so if life were to be snuffed out on a particular planet, if say it's, it's, it's like brain, it's like, they, it's they like become brain, brain killing the nine. Yeah. Holy shit. And they just, they're just particles again. Cause there's nothing. Oh my God. There's uh, nothing for them to like interact with or pass through or anything. Yeah. There's nothing Holy making shit. those ripples to allow them to have thoughts, which is why they're so dependent on the exist, the continued existence of things in the solar system. It's like a, what, what do you call it? A, a symbiotic 
relationship where where like they well i guess i guess life doesn't need nine to exist for no for the, are, are the nine a parasite i don't know if no parasites they don't they don't, they don't they don't they don't they don't feed off of it they just no. they they exist they're it's, they're just it's dependent. like a, it's like a a dependent yeah man so you know that's that's just when when everyone files their taxes this year you can mark off the nine as a dependent oh i'm doing it <laughs> i wonder if i can get away dude if i get the one irs guy <laughs> that's a destiny player and he's just like well shit <laughs> well damn i didn't think of that (laughs) you win now can i only claim one nine or since their consciousness exists amongst all the planets can i claim all nine of them oh i don't know Uh, we're getting into some (laughs) stipulations there like are you only responsible for earth or are you responsible for any of them (laughs) i feel like i'm only responsible for earth i'm not i'm not necessarily responsible for jupiter or mars or anything Mm. like yeah okay all right so lavinia is in the portal experiencing all of this all of this knowledge is coming to her she is understanding what the nine are as she is essentially going insane herself yeah um but that's not where her story ends quite yet we have one more lore card from the book of dust which is entitled the witch I and it goes like this came now the traveler and with it a strange hope for the traveler's light had the power to cause without causation if the nine had the light they could seed their own minds free themselves from the dependence on matter life They could gain forces beyond gravity to structure themselves, and so become more than wraiths of dark dust. They could enter the mad alien superworld of our chemical reality. So they turned to this new hope, and were divided. Come to me, a voice calls to Lavinia. Although there is nowhere to go, nothing to be, Not even emptiness, but the absence of anything to be empty or full. Lavinia perceives without emotion that she now exists as a structure of dark dust, a sandstorm blowing against itself. Come, the voice calls. I am Nasaya. You are not safe. Come with me. Not safe? No, of course she's not safe because there are factions among the nine. One faction sent Zur and Orin to study Guardians and the Light, to seek the secret of effect without cause, and to protect the source of that secret, the last source, now that the Ahamkara are gone. Those five played at alchemy with the Cocytus Gates, turning dark dust into energy and then into matter, but they could not unlock the secrets of our mad existence. They needed ambassadors, go-betweens. The other faction walks a different path, a path of folds and and needles slipped through space-time itself, existential syringes yielding new spaces to be remade as the Nine desire. They have tried to gather enough dark dust in one place to form a black hole, and found it difficult. 
When the dark mass collapses in gravity's fist, the dust passes through itself and scatters. But difficult is not impossible, and there is far, far more dark matter in the universe than bright. They will find a new way to make new worlds of it, and end their dependence on life and on the light of guardians, which the falling veil will soon snuff out forever. In passing, Lavinia sees the entire history of the Queen's interactions with the Nine. More than anyone suspected, and much more vital. She sees how one of the Nine blinded Guardians to Gaul's approach, risking everything, for Gaul would have destroyed the Sun and the Nine with it, just to learn how to steal the light. She sees how that one was punished. Come, Nasia calls urgently, come with me. Come quick before... Something dark and hypodermic pierces the void beneath Lavinia and slurps her down, pulls her through a proboscis so tiny that it breaks her apart into a stream of single particles, one after another. She is annihilated and reborn. Somewhere, somewhen, made of flesh again, shaking and dripping fierce sweat, mewling like a little baby. Her cheek presses against a warm wooden floor. There's a fireplace and a fire in it, and strong wind outside that sucks at the flames. The clever-looking old lady at the desk looks up. Ah, she says. Lavinia, you made it. What? Lavinia gasps. What? She smiles, as if Lavinia's confusion is the sweetest greeting she's ever heard. Don't be afraid. You've come to exactly the right place. Where? Some place where you're appreciated. Where we can really use everything you've learned. The old lady pours a thin stream of tea into a cup of bone. Didn't I tell you that you were lucky back when you were born? And that's the end of that lore card. Well. Gibberish. Well, shit. I don't, I don't even know what to make of the end of that. Like, obvi- obviously, like, the, the first part of this is, like, somebody trying to prevent her. Who, who is Nasia? I've heard that name before. Uh, so Nasia, Nasia is the original human name of Orin. Oh shit! Before that's she right. wasn't awoken. Little Nasa. Yeah, little Nasa. That's right. Okay. So the emissary is like, like telling her she's not safe there, and and then like the revelation here, like, uh, where's it at? Where's that? Oh God, where's that? Come on, where's that? Uh, she sees how one of the nine blinded the guardians to Gaul's approach, risking everything just to learn how to steal the light. And she sees how that one was punished. I'm assuming Pluto? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Maybe that's why Pluto's not in the fold that's, anymore. That's why Pluto doesn't get it. <laughs> He was just like, well, they have the light. Why can't we take the light? 
Well, what if we just let Gaul through real quick? Gaul has light suppressing. How does? Let's see how he steals it. Let's him through. Guess what? Pluto, you're canceled. That's it. No more Pluto. No more Pluto. Pluto just doesn't exist. It's not even a. It's not even a dwarf. It's just a floating hunk of whatever. And Pluto's just sitting in the corner, like, oh, I want to be a planet too. I think that's Pluto. So, so even at the gate, though, like five of them were just screwing around, just trying to figure out how to make matter. Like, I mean, the fact that there are factions among the nine, like that's just that's 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 such a that's such a humanoid thing. Like that's such a a conscious thing. Like, do wolves in the wild form factions? Do 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 cattle out on a cattle ranch form factions? Do ducks out in the pond form a faction? That's such a that's such a higher level of of consciousness that does that that's just jesus god the nine are mean well i mean they're they're they have different ideas of how to go about uh you know reaching their end goal which is just no longer be dependent on the life life continuing in the solar system this this card definitely highlights that a lot too like it it shows that that the nine are more than just wanting to exist. They want to be free. Yes. Like they are so dependent on the life in this system, and at the end of the day, they don't they don't care if it. I I don't want to say they don't care if this life just blips into nothingness, but if they were free of it, now they no longer care. Yeah. Now they're no now they would no longer be dependent. Now who cares that the life gets snuffed out? We'll go exploring on our own. We'll 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 leave the soul system. We'll go somewhere else. Like it. Yeah. And it's I, such a, I think that is the only reason why that particular member of the nine was punished. Not because they threaten, oh. no, not, not because they let gall through and they care about, you know, humanity. Like uh, humanity is a part of the biological ecosystem that's on that planet. Uh, right. I think it was because of the possible repercussion of the sun blowing up. And yeah. and yeah. they you know they're like no you put all of us at risk on a gamble we are not okay with that <laughs> this this is, this is <laughs> yeah I can see why <laughs> so but the very end of this card what the hell do you make of this last like paragraph and a half or two like so I don't believe it is stated anywhere it? in particular however. It is widely accepted by the the fandom everywhere that I have looked that the witch in question is Savathun. Like that's that's what I first thought of, right? Like when you hear the witch, the witch queen, the like that she that is Savathun. So like is is Savathun trying to figure out the nine as well it's weird because it's like we're just as curious of the nine as the nine are of us but i think the nine nine are less curious of us and the nine are more just like we want dependence full stop as soon as we get dependence we could care less what happens to you independence but yeah independent right right yeah. like we want we want independence from we want to be dependent no, independent. Yeah, you're right. Independent. I don't know why I keep saying dependence. Uh, <laughs> I've got taxes going in my brain now. Thanks, man. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, so <laughs> they want to be so independent and just to be themselves, to be able to just go. 
Whereas like we we on the other end of this are are just just as confused as they are. Like who are the nine? What do they want? What are they what are they here for? We got this Zerg guy just giving us freaking exotics and stuff. I mean like giving away Gallahorns like it's nothing. <laughs> like what the hell? And nobody even knows what it is. An exotic in your heavy slot? Screw that. Oh, it's the greatest exotic in the game and does the most damage ever in the history of anything? Wow, we're dumb humans. Um, so yeah, like it, it, it that's just but then like what would Savathun want? A, how the hell did she get a hold of Lavinia? And B, what the hell does she want with her? So I think you hit the nail on the head with the end goal of the nine is independence and the nine even Absolutely. even say like uh they're the one faction of them doesn't think that trying to get access to the light is ultimately going to be the route to do it because they're expecting the light to they're expecting the traveler to to lose to the witness is to essentially fail. what they're I saying i mean they say as much earlier in this card like they they already know they're gonna lose. Yeah. So they're like, why why worry about that? Right. So they're saying like, don't don't put your chips on that. Like, we need to find a different way. And so this other faction is literally trying to create new worlds uh, similar to the distributary, uh, so that they can just move oh, yeah, over to that holes. new world and recreate themselves and however just they want. In there. Uh, oh my god. Now, independence is the the key. You know the key word there. Where you're right, we're just trying to understand them. We're just trying to be like, what is up yeah. with you guys? Why, like, should we trust you? What powers do you have? All that. Yep. But Savathun wants independence. Oh my She is God. trying to escape the system of light and dark. She is trying to get above oh my all of it. God. And one of the many ways I could see her trying to research how to do that would be you know, what have the nine done? What have the nine tried? If their goal is the same as mine, can I do, you know, ways from their techniques, their experiments? Dude, Savathun might be the greatest entity in all of destiny. She has got a lot of irons and a lot of fires. Even, even Savathun might be the greatest entity in all of destiny. Dude, my, I'm, I'm broke. You broke me this time. You're welcome. I've I haven't been broke. I have not been broken in a while by you. And you have broken me this time. So yeah. Yeah. Now as to how she pulled Lavinia out. Yeah. What the hell? I can only assume that because Savathun, you know, and Savathun was at the birth of Lavinia. She was the witch that proclaimed her lucky Lavinia. That, that gave her that name. Uh, so I can only assume that Savathun has been through whatever means grooming Lavinia specifically oh my God. to go investigate the nine with the intention of being able to retrieve that information at some point in the future. Savathun is the greatest entity in all of destiny. Full stop. That's, that's it. Yeah. I don't know if she's got some like, you know, some hive magic that allows her to literally teleport people through dimensions or what? Uh, well, you know, the hive I mean, do a lot all, of dimensions. That's all it is with transport. the strand. Like, that's yeah. all it is. So, Jesus Christ. Regardless, I think Savathun has had plenty of time to figure out how she's going to extract I think, Lavinia and, and did so. I think, I think we screwed up. I think we as the Guardians screwed up by stopping Savathun. I think man 
curiosity and 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 misinformation and misunderstandings are like the greatest downfall to every like that's what is like oh my god i mean welcome to real history too unfortunately that's what i'm saying like that's that's what's like shit okay well i think we might have one more reading or something we have one one more more that we're gonna leave one final little we're gonna we're gonna close it out with so uh we're gonna read this is i'm curled up in a i'm curled (laughs) up in the fetal position in the corner just holding my knees rocking slowly back and forth just going i don't know anymore i don't know this is what i get for curiosity this is what i get the final card that we are going to read tonight uh, is from the Invitation of the Nine quest again, uh, which was visit number five of this quest line. And it is another conversation that we see between the emissary and the nine. Uh, it's a short one. And uh, the emissary, when they refer to, depending on the gender of your guardian, they refer to he or she. Uh, in this dialogue but the conversation goes like this the nine state what does it want the emissary power the nine like you the emissary no one is like him the nine we don't understand the emissary he has agency like you wouldn't believe He can leave this place. The nine. This plane? We can leave this plane. The emissary. Think bigger. He can leave this game. The nine. We don't understand. The emissary. Then I'm afraid it's impossible to explain. And the emissary disappears. And that's the end of that conversation. Fuck, fuck me. This is this fourth wall breaking, sons of Jesus. Well, yes and no. Um, absolutely could be seen as fourth wall break. The game. I'm taking it as fourth wall. The game like, could literally be like destiny. <laughs> like it, it could be like we, the player, have the agency to leave. Have the agency to just walk away. Right. We we can leave the the world of the game. If Jesus Christ, we want to leave this as if we want to assume there isn't any fourth wall breaking and this is all happening within universe, then the game being referred to here, I think, is the game of light and dark. Oh, shit. Yeah. The garden, the the whole garden game. Yeah. Like our guardian by, uh, you know, guardians in general, by nature of being one of, if not the only thing in the universe that can channel both light and dark means that we have greater power and agency than anything else in existence side oh my god ah why have you destroyed (laughs) my brain tonight the emissary recognizes it well the emissary distributes it like they like if you don't understand that then it sucks to suck like Essentially, yeah. But I, I can't, I like, I can't, I can't help you any further, and and nor will I. All right. And that is where we're going to well, end our studies of the nine series. Yeah, that's that's the nine. That's the nine. 
I asked for this too, and I you you only did this to yourself. <laughs> little curious. See, sometimes curiosity is a bad thing, and it will get you killed. <laughs> uh, no, I'm right. I'm glad you asked for it. The nine is a really cool subject. It's such a uh, it it is I, a very big subject. Like it is, but it really is. There's a lot more to it than just you know they are here, we are there this is this is life it's there's so much more intricacies to it yeah oh my gosh all right well uh um i don't even know what this next step is <laughs> i've you've already broken me so much uh shout outs shout outs what yes. uh what shout outs do we have we have a shout out uh from apple Podcasts this time around uh we have a a listener that was kind enough to leave us a five-star review there um, and their review is titled The Click and Clack of D2 Lore uh, from oh. Ike the Vike. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Vikings! Vikings rule! I love Vikings. Okay. So he, uh, or they, I'm, I'm unsure, uh, says, Two peas in a podcast. I started with the most recent delve into the Nine lore as a way to pass time at work. You oh. and everyone else, apparently. Oh, you fool. Uh, <laughs> you fool. <laughs> what have you done? But your interactions with each other and the lore is genuinely an unexpected treat. I look forward to the future and past episodes. And then I think they added this later. Uh, it's <laughs> I, 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 I am the end of this review. Which I absolutely I, love. I fucking love it, dude. That is, woo. That's a, that's a badass. That's <laughs> you, you, you. I, you, you have all of my love today, Mister, Mister, or Mrs. Uh, Ike the Vike. <laughs> I, I, you win. You've won the internet. That's so good. That's so good. <laughs> So that, that's the only uh, text shout out we have today. Uh, people have been really awesome, though. We've gotten a, a, a whole bunch more ratings on Spotify. We're sitting at a 4.9 yeah. with, I think, 81 or 82 uh, reviews Yay. last I looked. So thank you all for that. Um, yeah, if if you... Super kind people. Absolutely. If if you like what you heard, uh, you know... The, the best way to, to support us is to leave a, a review, even if it's a number of stars, uh, or if you're so inclined to leave a text review um, on whatever platform you listen to us on, that that would be awesome. Rate us what you think we're worth. Uh, if you want to reach out, uh, we do have uh, a Twitter, which is at Myths and Stories, spelt the same way as the title of the show. Uh, we review that periodically, and, and we'll do shout outs from there, too. Um, so yeah, say thank you again for everyone that has been doing that. Yeah, absolutely thank you. Um, well, you know who's getting my thanks tonight? Yes. I'll, I'll let you guess. I'll let you guess. I mean, I would have to you assume get... Lavidia. No, Savathun! Oh, well. Greatest entity in all of Destiny! You're right. We don't care about the girl that you know destroyed her life and possibly her sanity because maybe Savathun manipulated her since birth. Nope. Savathun. <laughs> Savathun, greatest entity in all of destiny. Thanks Savathun for keeping us on our toes and still confusing the piss out of us. Oh, and, and thank you to the one guy that threw in a one, one, three. Good on you, buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know he did it because of that. I, that's what I'm choosing to believe. And until proven otherwise, that is, that is law. Queen's law. All right.
<laughs> All right. Well, you got anything else, Smith? No, that's it for tonight. All righty. Well, then, from all of us lore nerds to all of you guardians out there, I, 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 we'll see you next time. <laughs>